0: What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Minister Jasmine Love. And I'm just so happy to be here today with another one of our Let the Women Speak panelists, Miss Maria Davila. I'm so excited because this woman of God has just... I mean, when she, her handle is the modern day disciple. And I feel like that's the best way to describe her. Um, Maria is the founder of Healthy Souls International, which is a nonprofit organization that she used to serve a, um, communities affected by natural disasters. She also is a servant leader of her missions. Where she helped people with social media, coaching, management, management, content creation, everything under the sun when it comes to your business. Um, and she also is a mother, uh, entrepreneur, an author, so many things under her belt, yet it's still she gives God all the glory for everything. So I just want to welcome Maria into the studio today. What's up, Maria? Hey Jasmine, thank you so much.
1: Like you, you are so amazing. You're saying all these things about me, and I just I find you to be one of the most amazing people I've met. You just you inspire me, and you just are touched by God. Like every word on your mouth is always from Him. I always feel like He's speaking directly to me when you speak. <laughs>
0: I thank oh, thank you for
1: <laughs> on the stage and inviting me today.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I could do this the rest of my life, just. Making room for other people to share what God has been doing in them. Cause I know what God has been doing for me, but every time I hear God showing out for you ladies, it just warms my heart because I just know that's the kind of guy he is. Oh my goodness. I, I'm just so excited to get into today's because me and Maria recently went on uh what what was it, a thirteen hour on um, road trip? <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty it was a mission trip. It was thirteen <laughs> hours to get there because of all the rain and traffic and stops and you know how us
0: women are we can't just drive straight through (laughs) exactly we had to stop so we talked a lot so like I'm I'm not sure what we're going to talk about today but I've learned so much about her in those 13 really it was 26 hours because we had to drive there and back so we had a lot of great God conversations and I just I don't know what she has for us today but I know it's going to be a blessing so let's just get started what would you say is a defining moment in your life that has affected who you become today oh man I,
1: if I could if I had like days to talk I could share so much but um, you know the first thing that pops to me is you know my my situation, being homeless and going through that with my son, and just you know life. When life shows you that you really have no control over what happens, and and learning to walk through that, that was my defining moment too.
0: Mm. To keep going. Yes. Yeah, so I want to dig more in that because you said that but when I hear you tell this story oh my gosh there's so many layers to this story I really feel like it's just so rich so first of all she was not only homeless but while she was homeless she was serving other people not even knowing where she was gonna be living at can you share more about what your life looked like in the time when you were homeless And um, even if you want to share a little bit about how you got to the place of being homeless as well.
1: Um, Sure. Um, Basically, you know, I like you said, I'm a mom. I have three kids and I was raising them alone. And I've always worked two jobs my whole life. And pretty much really like I was so dependent on those weekly paychecks. You know, I've always wanted to have my own business so I could do mission work and have the freedom to serve full time. And you know, I, I remember you know going on mission trips with my pastor and the church to Haiti, and I, I loved it. I loved it so much. and I remember praying like, God, how could I do this full time? I, I see other families do it. How could I do it full- time? I'm a single mom working two jobs and and you know, it's so funny when we pray for something, how He answers it, you know, like I said, I've always wanted (laughs) to have my own business, but I was always scared to take that leap of faith and go ahead and do it because I was so reliant on those weekly paychecks that I thought I had stability with those. And then, you know, I didn't want to take that leap of faith. And so, you know, sometimes the Lord takes things away from us when He has something better and we don't always see it. And that's pretty much how it happened with me. I, you know, I I worked all weekend. It was Easter weekend. It was April Fools. It was Sunday, April 1st, 2018. And I I went to church that morning and I remember asking my mom to take my son home so I could go and get some candy and stuff. And I still do corny stuff like that. I don't believe in the Easter Bunny at all. I just, I enjoy spoiling my kids. And I wanted to go get some candy and stuff put a little basket together and when I came out of the store I stopped at a stop sign and I was waiting for traffic to let me out and you know as I was looking to the right out of nowhere someone crashes into me from the left driver's side and it left wow. me with injuries and um, you know when when you work in healthcare, you have to be able to physically transfer patients and things like that and i went from being you know the employee who said yes to everything to being the employee that they didn't want anymore mm. because i was a liability of, you know they were afraid i could my, my even when well, my doctor told me i couldn't do that line of work because of the physical ailments and um you know that's what happened with that
0: that's wow Before you keep going, I just, it's something that we've never, all the times that we've talked about this, one thing that I never really paid attention to, and it was illuminated to me this time, just how quickly things can change um, in your life. It's simple as, you know, leaving the dollar store and getting in an accident and just the way that the line of events fell after that. But it started with, a prayer of, God, I want to do this whole time. Yeah, it really
1: did. I looked like, you know, when I was going through it, I wasn't thinking that. But of course, you know, God's always whispering. And sometimes he gets a little loud, too. like, (laughs) just, you can't even explain it. When God is moving, he's moving. And it's just, unless you've experienced God like that, it's really hard to help people understand what 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 it feels like when you have God those God moments, you know. I I just I don't regret it at all. I, I would never if I had the choice to go back in time and change it. I don't think I would because I mean I, I hated I hated the worst part was seeing my son suffer, but seeing how God worked through both of us through all that it was it was just amazing. Like my son is doing so good now, and you know I just. I can't imagine how life would be if we didn't go through what we did. You know, those were our defining moments, not just for me, but for my son. Because it it really gave him a bigger appreciation for the things that he has and you know, teenagers don't always understand. And we were homeless for 10 months and that was his senior year of high school. It was very difficult
0: absolutely and you know i'm glad that god stopped and had us rest on that moment because there's a lot of people right now that just prayed you know this passing prayer to god i wish i could do this my heart is to do this and then everything in their life seemed to start crashing down but to hear you after 10 months of you know Watching your son struggle, you struggling, say that I would not change a thing because God was doing something in that adversity. It blesses me, and I know it'll bless somebody who is right now like, what did I do with that prayer? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know,
1: you've heard of dangerous prayers. I think we talked about it in our ride. (laughs) And, and I didn't realize things. I didn't realize asking God, like, how can I serve you full time? I didn't realize how dangerous that prayer was. <laughs> but oh I guess, you know, he he wouldn't put us through it if he didn't think we can make it through it. Like he, he Right You know, he, he allows us to go through things. I'm not saying he, he does it to test us. He just I'm not saying he purposely does bad things to us either. I don't want to confuse that but he does allow us to go through things and he won't allow us, he won't give us more than we can handle. So he must've thought I could handle it, which I'm here now and (laughs) I'm handling
0: it. (laughs) So, So after you were not able to work, that's what catapulted you into homelessness. But can you tell us how homelessness happened end up happening while you're out there serving someone in a natural, i um, serving a natural disaster in, I believe it was Puerto Rico? Yes.
1: Um, well, let me back up a little bit. When I had my car accident in 2018, when I was hit, I was already planning my first mission trip, the one that I was facilitating outside the church. And that was to go do disaster relief in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. So um, my accident was in April and we already had plans to go and set up medical clinics on the island. That was in June. And everything was already, you know, planned and taken care of, paid for. And so it's was like, I lost my job, but I'm still going. <laughs> I'm still going. Like, God already allowed this, He already opened the doors for us to do it, and so we still went. And that was the first time I've done disaster relief. I've been on mission trips to Haiti, and it, but it was long after the earthquakes and everything, so I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know I was going to get hooked the way I did. And I'm wondering if you got hooked after your trip, and it, we'll get to that. Though <laughs> it was just something, you know, when you go and you're and you're doing, you're helping all these people. It's like for me, you don't feel so alone. Like that was God's way of putting in my life
0: because
1: you know he he had to take everything away from me for me to take that leap of faith and actually go and do the work that my heart wanted to do and there was there was nothing in the way of it then because I've already lost you know my my jobs and everything and At the time, I was still living off of like vacation time. I took out a loan, I had my credit cards, and I eventually started selling Aflac. I got my license and health insurance. And I was like, okay, I did this mission trip to Puerto Rico. Now I just, I gotta get my head right. I gotta get my life back together. I gotta figure out my next move. And and honestly, the mission work was like the last thing on my mind at that point. And I tried to start selling Aflac. I joined the chamber. I was going to all these chamber meetings and I I didn't really talk about Aflac. I always talked about healthy souls and my vision for the nonprofit, well, the ministry. And um, it is a nonprofit. I can just try not to confuse anyone. But I ended up, you know, really just trying to make some sales and i'll be honest i'm a terrible saleswoman i do not like talking about the duck i like talking about the mission work (laughs) (laughs) and every you know most people would go on a one-on-one and have lunch with another business owner and i you know I, i really like to talk about mission work more than anything and Anyway, I, I did end up getting a couple sales. I was already so far in the hole from losing my jobs. I, I had two jobs, just to like make ends meet. And when I lost those jobs, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have much to live off of. And I didn't really know where else to go for work. I mean, everything was entry level and it was like teenagers and just the pay was terrible. The jobs were terrible. And it's like, oh my God, what am I doing? What is going on? And so I sold Aflac and just as I started getting a couple sales and thinking, oh, I'm going to get out of the hole now, I'm sitting in traffic at a stoplight. There was another vehicle in front of me and uh, I'm just sitting there. And it was exactly one year, one month and one day after my first accident, this pickup truck just pile drives into me. So it happened twice. And this time, this accident, I didn't have a savings. I didn't have vacation time. I didn't have anything, you know? I was already wiped out from the first one, and that's the one that really was the icing on the cake for me. It wasn't long after that that I was served papers to leave my home because I couldn't pay the rent. And uh, I had one check. I had one check coming from commission for an account I opened and I was I remember the day just looking at the check and I'm like I could pick, catch up with the rent for this month but I'll still be behind next month and I'll be without a vehicle so it was either buy a vehicle or pay the rent and I knew if I paid the rent I was gonna be in that same situation in just a couple weeks but I wouldn't have a car I'm, I'm glad I, I chose the car over the rent because it got me around, and that's where I ended up sleeping a lot of nights, in my car, because, you know, just as I assumed, I, I didn't get any more money, and I lost my home. My son, you know, he stayed at his friends, he was couch surfing, and that was in July of 2019.
0: so so not one but two accidents and it's you know one I just I don't want to even take away the gravity of an accident itself because accidents themselves take a long time to even get back to feeling safe again after being in an accident and then let alone having it happen again a year later so that's one thing in its own that was like okay what in the world but I, I just, something Holy Spirit just showed me in this is the resiliency of humans trying to return back to something God is pulling us away from. Because your heart was obviously with um, doing the disaster relief. But because it's like, how is that going to pay the bills? You went back to the workforce. So God was like, okay, run it back again. Let's try it again. <laughs> Run the car exit back again. Let's let's see if we can shake it this time to where she will stop relying on that type of thing. But I mean the only reason I can notice it now is because I do the same thing. And I'm wondering if the listeners are like, Man, how many times has God put me right back in the same cycle until I let him move me into my destiny? Yeah. So well,
1: you, you said it earlier today when we were talking and you-
0: You said something that really
1: hit home. And it was like, because they told you I stayed up all night working. (laughs) And what did you say? You know, God doesn't like that. (laughs) I
0: was like, Is that, did God tell you to do that? Does God, is that a God thing? But we (laughs) all do it. Like, the only reason I can notice is because I do it. So I want to talk about your transition from what the world thinks you should look like to be successful, to you be doing what God told you to do with the missions. How did it, how did you transition to where, okay, this is just who I am. I'm gonna start doing this. Well, it it
1: all kind of started like, I don't know, just a few weeks after I lost my home. There was, you know, I was homeless and we had a hurricane coming towards us. Hurricane Dorian, do you remember that one? Yes, I do. Well, I ended up hitting the Bahamas really, really bad. And, um, you know, I I was still me. I was still, I would, I was sleeping in my car. I would go to the gym, take a shower. I would find the best clothes I could and show up at the chamber. And I was like, nothing's going on. I, I would just dress my best. I would go to their events. Like, and I just, it was, it was really hard. Because I remember door dashing just to go to this, um, this speaker event that they had but I wanted to go to network and meet people because I I did not want to be in that situation and when the hurricane hit the Bahamas nobody knew I was going through my own little disaster and you know a lot of people they've heard me talk about the disaster relief in Puerto Rico and you know people would reach out to me like hey you've always talked about this what are you going to do for Bahamas you know and I didn't know what to say i i was in my mind i'm like i can't do nothing <laughs> i have nowhere to live i have no money i i have nothing and, but you know god had different plans and he just you know he opened all the doors because instead of having the weight on me you know i remember just being in my car and praying and crying like you know you know i want to do this god like why why did you put me here again and well, not again but why'd you put me in this situation why do you have let this happen. I was so angry. I was angry with God for a little while. But I still talked to him. I didn't didn't give him the silent treatment. And um, oh, geez, it was just, I remember a couple people calling me and asking me what I was going to do. And I said, I don't know. I turned it around on them and said, want to help me host a drive thinking it's not going to go nowhere. So I ended up going somewhere because Two Gold's Gyms ended up hosting a drive for us to collect donations for the Bahamas. And um, it it was just so overwhelming because I, you know, just a few weeks earlier, I lost my home. And then I'm on all these meetings and calls late at night, just trying to figure out what's going on in the Bahamas. And hearing all these terrible stories about people who have died and people who are missing and all the homes destroyed and you know it just it just kind of snapped you know that's where it kind of snapped for me like what i'm going through is nothing I, my kids are safe and we're, we're we're good and i just you know people were asking me to help and i didn't really know how i was going to help it was def it was all a god thing because that weekend, weekend we did a drive we had a box truck donated we filled the box truck This is all within the same weekend. We were donated a hangar at the airport in Ormond Beach, so we brought the truck to the Ormond Beach hangar, unloaded it, was able to return the U-Haul, and I had all this stuff. And next thing you know, this is all within a week. I'm getting calls from all over the state of Florida, like Weehawaka, Florida. Uh, Was a fire department called me and said they had a truckload of stuff, and I was like, okay, great. Nobody knew like deep down inside. I'm like, how am I going to get this stuff to the Bahamas? What am I going to do? I'm going to get, I'm getting myself in so much trouble, but God just kept saying, go, go, go. It's not about you. Just trust me. (laughs) And you know, this truck, the truck driver calls me from Hitchcock floor. says, Hey, I'm on my way. I hope you have a forklift there. I'll be there in the morning. And this is like eight o'clock at night. And I'm just like, what am I going to do? You know, what do you do? Eight o'clock at night, you're homeless, you're sleeping in your car, and you have some truck driver telling you you better have a forklift there in the morning. And I, I didn't even know what to do. I just started calling people and asking people if I could borrow a forklift that they knew where I could get when people thought I was out of my mind. Like, you're serious? You're asking for a forklift at eight o'clock at night, and you're crazy. I got so much negative stuff. <laughs> But the next morning, the truck was there, the forklift was there. Lowe's actually showed up and donated their forklift driver and truck to help us unload the truck. That the the department. Yeah. It was just, you know, all this within a week and then it just, it just didn't stop. The donations just kept coming in. Coming in, it was to a point like that first week at the airport. They were ready to kick us out because they didn't expect to have all these trucks showing up on their runway. And um, you know, I just kept having those God moments. Like I, I'm, I'm just praying. I'm like, God, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm not. I didn't really ask if anyone for help. I would just put a post on my Facebook. And next thing you know, oh, I'm getting a call. Somebody's calling me. Hey, I heard what you're doing. Um. I have a warehouse in Port Orange, I'm a plumber, and you can use my space. And I was like, great. So we got donated a truck, then we got donated a hangar, then we got donated a little warehouse to share with a plumber. We move all our stuff to the warehouse. I'm in the process of moving, I'm getting a call from the Senator. The Senator invited me out to lunch. And um, I'm unloading a truck and I'm filthy. And I go meet the senator all dirty (laughs) in holy jeans and a t-shirt and I probably stank a little too. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) And I just sit down with him and I had lunch with him but it was he was so genuine and so kind like I'll never forget my meeting with the senator. It was my first time ever really talking to anyone that's involved in politics. You know, I didn't really care too much about it before then. (laughs) I still voted but I didn't I wasn't involved as I am now but
0: yeah
1: um, that meeting with senator I remember him talking to me about how him and his wife like to serve the homeless and it was just so random that he said homeless because we we were talking about the work you know the disaster relief and he came out with that and I'm just like oh my god god I have the senator in front of me like I could tell him about my situation and get help right now and god was like no
0: Wait, wait, we can't, wait a minute. Yeah. We have to stop right there for a second. You're sitting in front of a senator. You just got done doing all this stuff, getting ready to go to the Bahamas. Really and truly, you have already been serving a lot. You sit there, the senator mentions, we do, me and my wife, we love to help the homeless. And your mind goes, light bulb, this is could be this could be my chance and God says no I could only imagine the feelings that you had in that moment when you're like no so can you slow us down in that moment when when you got that no were you angry or was there an understanding like okay it has to be another way how did you feel
1: well, at, at the moment, I didn't really... I, I, I couldn't speak any... I couldn't really speak anymore. But I remember I was just kind of lost for words. And I remember just just trying to be obedient, you know? And just under... Like, I'm, I'm there with the senator and I'm listening to him, but in my mind and my heart's, like, just going a million miles a minute. And I just... I feel like, you know... I felt like I was a terrible mom. I thought, I just had all these negative things going through my mind. I was I was angry with God again, you know, but I, I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing to him. And that was so hard because I really wanted to be like, can you help me? <laughs> um, I, I remember, I get emotional when I talk about it. So you might hear me get quiet, but I just, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that day that when when we finished having our lunch, I, I didn't really talk too much after, you know, he told me about him and his life helping the homeless. I just kind of shook my head and agreed with everything he said. But at the end of the lunch, you know, I remember him, put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, you know, you have God's grace.
0: Mm-mm-mm.
1: And to me, it was just like, wow. Wow, I'm, I'm here. Like, just imagine being in that situation where you're filthy you're meeting a senator having lunch with them you've never been in, in any kind of situation like that with anyone like high profile or anything and they're, they're telling you you got God's favor like what an honor you know in that situation like it was, it was mind blowing and it was just so much to process because I had so many different emotions going on That, you know, I I, being alone in my car and crying and and just letting it all out really connected me more with God than anything. Mm. I didn't didn't have anyone else to talk to about what I was feeling. It was just me and him. And I I used to go park by the river, the same one that was under the bridge where I I almost jumped. I, I just... I had so many of those intimate moments with God while going through it all. And even then, when I was angry with him, you know, I still love him. I still love the Lord, I always will. And I always talk to him. I never stopped talking to him. I was just angry, you know? Yeah. And even even when I was angry, like he made sure his uh, His presence was known. I was aware of his presence. Every, every time I would have those lows every time I had the highs like both the good you know getting donated a warplane to fly over to Bahamas on Christmas Eve like
0: to me that's
1: huge it was like oh my god God I'm homeless and you're putting me in this big war plane to go to Bahamas like this is insane <laughs> and, and and just you know it just I felt I felt invisible to the world but I knew God was watching me. I knew he was there.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And um it just to me, it was just such an experience. That's why I could say it over and over. It's I, I couldn't trade it for nothing, you know. And my son too and seeing, you know, how how good he's doing right now and you know he's he's gonna be an actor and he's you know, he's just doing so good. I'm just it had to happen. does that that make sense it just had to
0: happen absolutely because i mean when you just said i felt so hidden from everybody or unseen by everybody but i knew that god was with me and god saw me i really love the fact that god will not allow you to need the eyes of others if you're his it was almost like um in that moment where the guy, the um senator could have helped you in the moment while you're you're getting all these huge um empowerments to prosper, in other words, for blessings, to be able to serve Bahamas. God was showing you clearly I'm with you, but that also gave you the assurance that the reason you're in this is because I'm teaching you something about me not necessarily that it's you who messed up this was just a part of your journey and getting closer to me so one thing one last thing I'm gonna ask you is what would you what type of advice would you give someone who is in your place who is staring down adversity and not just any kind of adversity, adversity towards their livelihood um, but also knows that they have a call on the inside of them or whatever place you were in any part of your life, speak to someone who needs to hear your wisdom from that situation
1: okay well I will tell you um like that moment and when we were having lunch, when I was having lunch with the senator. And um, I, I could have asked him for help, and I didn't. And I, I knew God, you know, it's like hearing that whisper, it's not about you, it's not about you. He, I mean, he told me that over and over and over again through that whole situation, it's not about you. So even when I beat myself up, like I'm a terrible mom, he would tell me not about you so those words were gave me peace so many times even though sometimes it was painful you know it was painful not to ask for help when I knew it I could have had it right there in front of me and um, I, I, I see it now I see you know that's how much he loves us because he he knows he has sometimes he has to take all the distractions away from us And I I believe in my heart that the reason the Lord had me stay silent that day, because what if I did tell Senator, hey, I'm homeless, can you help me? Would we have still helped all the people we helped? Or would Senator have helped me help those people? Then where's God's glory come from that when I'm getting help from somebody else instead of him? And I, I do believe that, you know, that's what it took for me to open my eyes and see, you know, and even today you had to remind me, you know, God does not want you busting your butt like that. And I was, I was stubborn. I was stubborn. I was so reliant on those weekly paychecks and I was missing out on what God wanted me to do. And if I had allowed the senator to do any kind of help, it would have taken away from God, you know, it would, would have taken away from me. It could have just ended the whole journey right there. And I, I look at that like, you know, what I want people to know, wherever wherever you are, if you're there, if you're homeless, if you're going through an abusive relationship, if you're just having financial struggles, and but you feel like, you know, there's so many beautiful things that you feel led to do for the Lord or, you know, ministry that you want to get involved in you have all these things that you feel like are stopping you just don't forget your circumstances don't define you it's your response to them that defines you and you know again I'll go right back to my favorite story in the Bible when Jesus Jesus asked Peter to step out of the boat you know he has to take us to the storm for us to step out of the boat If that makes sense, to really see how true we are in our hearts to follow Him. You can't, you can't just, you know, expect not to walk through fire, not to carry your own cross. Jesus had to carry a cross. We're not exempt from it. We got to carry our cross too. And sometimes that's what it takes, you know, to reach, to reach the finish line for us. We have to be willing to carry the cross. No matter what our circumstances are, they don't define us. Because, you know, one thing I always say to myself, no matter how hard things get, I'm a daughter of a king and I know it. He was with me on those nights sleeping in my car, was not alone, had the king there with me. And whatever you're going through, whatever anybody else that's listening is going through, their king is with them. Keep going through it. Don't stay there. Just keep going because he's with you and he's 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 using that to grow you he's using that time to take you places you never expected to go I never thought I'd be on a warplane flying over to Bahamas on Christmas Eve I never thought I'd be having lunch with the senator or or meeting the governor or, or doing any of those things and you know I never saw that in myself but God saw it in me and because I was obedient even, though when, even when I was angry with him, he was able to use me the same way he wants to use you, Jasmine. The same way he wants to use anybody that's listening, that's doubting, or doesn't have the courage or doesn't feel like the time is right. The time is right. If he's calling you now, the time is now. No matter what your circumstances are, you just have to be willing to step into it.
0: Amen. That was beautiful. And I'm feeling led to ask you to pray us out. I feel like we have shifted that this podcast is sealed. Holy Spirit has sealed it. But something different, I want to ask you to pray us out. I feel like there's an anointing on the prayer you're going to release. So I hand it over to you. Pray us out. Sure. Father
1: God, thank you so much for this opportunity and for giving us this platform to share and speak life into everyone who's listening lord i just pray father for them to be aware of your presence just like i was when i was sleeping in my car let them be aware of your presence when they're having those lunches when they're tempted to get help from somebody else and not allow you to work through them lord help them to see themselves through your eyes help them not to feel sorry for themselves but show them the strength that you have birthed in them with the holy spirit father the strength that they didn't know that they have that they can just get through whatever it is that they are in and they can get through and hold their head high and i just pray father for you to fill the gaps because anytime we're hurting, we feel like we're missing something. Like me, it was missing my kids. It was missing having a home and a roof over my head and hot showers and, you know, being able to cook meals for my kids and, and and do the Christmas stuff. You know, I was driving through neighborhoods, Christmas lights, Lord. I just pray, Lord, let them see the Christmas lights, even when the lights are not there. Let them see your light. Let them follow your path. Let them be aware of your presence and let them see themselves through your eyes. Homeless, wealthy—I don't care where they are in their life, Lord. I just pray that they see themselves through Your eyes and how they can be used by You. Yes, I ask You in Jesus' mighty name. I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. I'm blessed. I mean, I've—I've I've just been being blessed, blessed, blessed by these podcasts and. I just was so blessed by your story. I'm blessed by your prayer. I knew that Holy Spirit has some sauce on that prayer. And I just wanna say from me that it has encouraged me as somebody stepping out the boat and doing something that I've never seen done and didn't know I would be doing. (laughs) So God bless you, Maria, and y'all come out. Friday, May 12th. That's tomorrow, y'all, 6 p.m. If you're in the Central Florida area, 100 East New York Avenue, Suite 103, d Florida, 32724, Vision and Heals. We're doing Let the Women Speak Bible panel. Maria and four other beautiful ladies are going to be on the panel. And God is going to do a mighty work in there. He's already let me know he's been there. He's already prepared the space. So if you can be there, be there. If you are not in the Florida area, we will be streaming live on Facebook and Instagram. So please tune in. We can't wait to allow God to use us as he sees fit. And once again, talk to you guys on the next one. God bless y'all. We out of (laughs) here. Thank you.